Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante coming to you on this beautiful Thursday. Feeling awful for fans of the Crosstown New York Mets who just found out that their closer Edwin Diaz is out for the year. We'll be talking about that later on the Baseball Insiders. But first, we're here to talk about New York Yankees news, speculation and rumors. We've pinpointed three players who still might not make the roster or be on the 40-man by opening day. There are a couple of players we still feel could be traded or DFA'd by the time the season kicks off, and we will take you through it. Plus, Luis Severino's spring struggles, something or nothing. Second straight year, he's been awful in spring training. He keeps laughing about it, but is it a laughing matter? Jose Trevino now on the shelf. No catchers on this team. Is it good to have no catchers? They keep saying Trevino's injury is mild. When's the last time a Yankees injury was mild? So it's still worth talking about. Plus, one prospect who shouldn't be lost in the Volpe Dominguez shuffle and the New York Yankees players have to shell out the same amount of money for Wi-Fi on the team plane that you do when you try to connect to a Boingo hotspot inside a busy airport and continue getting the refresh page and then it defaults to Starbucks Wi-Fi because you're walking past the Starbucks and you're like, well, this doesn't work. I'm not logged into Starbucks Wi-Fi. What the fuck do I do? Yankees have the same problem. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where the audio feed lies. But the video feed is Mondays and Thursdays live, 2 o'clock Eastern, all off-season long, all regular season long. And uh, we're going to keep bringing you everything we can. Please drop us a five-star review and put a mailbag question in that review if you want it answered on the show. Thomas Garinante, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the stream. Welcome to the show. And you have another special offer the detail for the viewers, for the listeners that can help us all out significantly. I do. Welcome, everybody. And by the way, um, you welcome me every podcast. I've never welcomed yeah. you. How about, no. how, about a, how about a grand welcome to Adam for welcoming me for two and a half years and not getting the welcome in return? Thank um, you. It, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to everybody here. Uh, we got a promo for you. Uh, DraftKings is hooking us up for all the folks in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Um, and this is important. Why? Because uh, this helps support the podcast. Um, we have March Madness going on right now, and the madness literally does not stop for the next, what, 72, 96 hours, whatever it is. Um, so head on over to DraftKings. Use the code YanksGoYard. Uh, what will that do for you? If you bet five bucks on any sport, any game, you get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins with the code YanksGoYard. Uh, it's a great support for the podcast. Um Helps us go live twice a week. Helps us support um, everything that we're talking about with you guys um, on a weekly basis. Um, and we want to keep doing it. So help us out. Also win some money. It can't hurt. Uh, gamble responsibly. That is the one piece of advice I will give you. Um, we have the Valspar um, Championship for PGA. We still got spring training baseball. We got March Madness. There's still NBA. I don't know what you folks are interested in betting on. If we want to talk about it another time, feel free to hit me up. Um, I'm having a good time doing this too. Uh, DraftKings actually gave me a sweat-free bet today. So when you sign up, you'll uh, you'll get this promo, and then they give you other rewards. So I have a sweat-free bet. I place five dollars on any game, and then if I lose, I get a ten-dollar free bet in 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 return because that's how nice they are. So head on over to DraftKings. Uh, use the code YanksGoYard for this promo. Five dollars. On a $5 bet on any sport, get $150 in bonus bets. If your bet wins, minimum $5 deposit and wager required. New customers only, 21 and present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW YORK. In New Jersey, gambling problem? Call text 1-800-GAMBLER. Connecticut, gambling problem? Hope not. But if you do, 888-789-777 is the phone number. Uh, Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below right on the ticker. No word yet on what happens if you have a gambling problem in two of those three states. When you're in Connecticut, you're all good, but serious issues when you cross over the border in two years in New York, we'll have to figure that out. We'll get back to you and read it in a upcoming promo. Uh, let's start off 
with the potential trade DFA pieces. I, I wanted to set out to figure out who was most likely to get DFA'd off this Yankees roster before yeah. opening day because there's still a chance for some movement. And the conclusion was not that many people. It's it's always kind of an airtight roster. Uh, that's that's sort of the Yankees trademark. And maybe we oversell some of these guys because we're familiar with them. And so even you could twist yourself into a pretzel being like, well, sure, they lost Garrett Whitlock in the Rule 5, but you know you can't give up Brooks Christie. And then the season starts and it's like, ah, oh, I really could have given up Brooks Christie. But at this moment in time, it seems like the Yankees are pretty well protected on the 40-man. And a lot of the options that they would want to add to the 26-man roster for the regular season are already on the 40-man because they did a pretty good job mapping that out. So let's say you want to add Jimmy Cordero to the bullpen because of the injuries to Lou Trevino and Tommy Canley. You can do that. He's already there. All you have to do is call him up. You want to add Johnny Brito at some point as an additional starter. You want to add Matt Crook. You like Yoendras Gomez. All these guys are on the 40-man already, so you wouldn't have to do a single piece of shuffling in a moment. So it's not a huge deal that there aren't that many DFA candidates. And it's mostly people who the Yankees will get to the end of spring, realize we don't have that much use for this guy, trade them for pieces to clear off the spot. And, and, and by pieces, we mean, you know, money, low-level prospects, anything. Uh, basically a charitable donation to some other team. The, the places where you need to wriggle someone onto the 40-man are center field. They're going to use Oswaldo Cabrera a bunch, I think. Yeah. They're going to use Aaron Judge a bunch. But if you want Rafael Ortega on the team, or you want Willie Calhoun on the team, those guys do not have 40-man spots. Somebody's got to go. Ben Rortvet is an obvious 60-day IL candidate. I assume he's not getting back from an aneurysm in under 60 days. Maybe that assumption is erroneous, but certainly doesn't feel like he's going to be back quickly. So that'll clear up a spot, potentially. But maybe you want to move these pitchers around, or maybe you just want to clear spots for later down the line, because the trade deadline, you're going to need them. So in terms of DFAs, I don't know if you feel differently, Thomas. There are a couple trades. There are a couple ancillary pieces of the roster that be moved. DFA-wise, I think it's just Esteban Floreal for me, who either makes the opening day roster or has to get cut to the Wolves anyway because he doesn't have minor league options remaining. So either he makes the team and he's hitting 130 right now, or he's going to get DFA'd in the next two weeks to make room for another outfielder to take that bench spot. Yeah, I th- uh, he was number one on my list dating back to the beginning of spring, obviously, for those circumstances. And then um, in the back of my mind, I had not really. The, Davey Garcia was closer to the to the front of my mind, and Clark Schmidt was in the back of my mind. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here. We don't need that many spots because the 60-day IL essentially clears a 40-man. That's right. Yeah. And 60-day IL clears a 40-man. Yeah, so guess who's going on the 60-day? Scott Efros, Luis Heal, Frankie Montas, um, and uh, who was the other one? We do, oh, Ben Wordfett. So that's yeah. four. So there's a, there's actually a, a decent amount of space here. So I don't think there, there's going to be ha- – there. I don't think there's going to have to be that big of a crunch. But at the same time, the Yankees have to make sure they have the best players on the roster, right? Um, Esteban Floreal is not hitting the ball. They like his defense. That's great. Um the Yankees have the defense to make up for it if they're going to use Oswaldo Cabrera and Aaron Judge. Um, in terms of getting rid of other people who have a spot, we have the IKF trade. We've been talking about that for however long at this point. Though a very weird tidbit in the athletic column, a mailbag from Chris Kirshner and Brendan Cuddy, was they acknowledged that IKF was never in the running for the starting shortstop job and that it was always pretty much Oswald Peraza, and that that was just the way it was since it began. Um, and the clarity on that, I don't know why there was a lack of clarity on that until like this week when IKF has, had started talking about um, his situation. Aaron Boone weighed in on his, um, on his usage for the upcoming season. But then the two insiders mentioned that if Peraza were Peraza has this foot issue, but he's he's been fine. In the event there something happened with Peraza and he was unable to start opening day, they said IKF would be the opening day starting shortstop. And this was two days ago. And this is this is in the midst of Volpe's ascension. This is in the midst of the conversation of Anthony Volpe potentially making the opening day roster. So it was either IKF makes the opening day roster and is used as the starting shortstop if Oswald Peraza is not available, or he's traded. Those are two crazy scenarios to me because 
there's one way to use IKF, and it's as a utility player. And we're dealing with a lot of problems right now in terms of depth. He's taking reps in the outfield. Do I agree with that? Not necessarily. However, if Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be playing more outfield than anticipated, then you're going to need more help on the infield. And I don't know if we can trust everybody to stay healthy in the early going. Um, you have Anthony Rizzo's back, which has already presented itself as an issue. So I don't he's know why telling us, he's telling us like, oh, it doesn't really like, no, ignore that. You know, it's just backs or backs, but like backs or backs. Yeah. Once yeah. they're injured, they're really injured. So remember last year when he couldn't stand up, he got an epidural when he was like epidural. out with the night sweats for a week and a half. Like I'm not worried about Anthony Rizzo, but I, I don't really love being told like, eh, it's going to happen from time to time and it'll never get worse. Cause we've already seen it get worse. Exactly. Um, and you look at a guy like IKF who can play second, short or third and when you're going to have to move DJ LeMahieu to first, um, or we have this catching issue that we'll get to later on in the show, but IKF can be an emergency catcher. I think we would rather him than the scrap heap options that are out there at the moment who we'd bring in at a moment's notice. Well, um, there's a chance, not a good one, but a chance that they're going to have to clear a 40 man spot for Nick Chufo. The backup catcher who's defense, the Rays 2013 first rounder who now might be yeah. your backup catcher on opening day if the worst case scenario goes down. Yeah, so you you look at all these, you look at these situations and IKF is very useful in the early going if he's utilized as a utility player. If you want to utilize him as a backup shortstop, I think you get rid of him. But he can play a multitude of positions. We have a bunch of injuries. We're going to be shuffling people elsewhere. Good last guy on the bench to have. He has he, he has some familiarity here. Um, he wants to redeem himself, so I think that those are important qualities. Um, but then outside of that, I don't I don't think we're working with much here. I think this is you know you're looking at most of the guys who are probably going to be coming up north um, when March 30th arrives. Yeah, IKF and Davey Garcia are the other two guys who I just feel like the roster spots are not secure, um, and it's for different reasons. IKF, uh, the most important tweet of the entire offseason. The, the Kirshner and Cuddy stuff that you're mentioning is, is super weird and conflicting. But the most important tweet of the offseason so far, uh, other than uh, Arson Judge expecting to go to the Giants, was Brian Hoke on March 14th, uh, just a couple days ago, tweeted, Isaiah Kavitlapa has been working in the outfield with Nick Swisher. Aaron Boone plans to start IKF in center field later this week as he transitions into a utility role. Hashtag Yankees. Transitions into a utility role are the five most important words tweeted by anybody this entire offseason. It's a yes. tacit acknowledgement that IKF is going to hold at best for this roster the utility role that we all envisioned rather than being a starter at any position. Uh, Nick Swisher, not the ideal outfield coach. I feel like we probably could have done better than that. He is a right fielder, famously not a great one, but I digress. IKF learning center field. Um, I still, uh, it, you know, it, the problem with IKF, the utility guy, is that he's a fine utility guy. He's a fine 26 man on the roster. The Yankees have better utility guys. Other teams yeah. might not. There are other teams where IKF would be an immediate upgrade in the final spot in that roster. And for the Yankees, he is a downgrade on Osvaldo Cabrera and other people of that type. So it's not even a commentary on IKF the player. I just think there are other rosters where he would immediately make them better and he makes the Yankees worse. Yeah, that's why we talked. And we talked about the Dodgers and the Rockies. Those are two pretty you know, uh, teed up destinations for him. They both need infield help. They're both dealing with depth issues. Like why not freeze up money for the Yankees, gives them a little bit more flexibility at the trade deadline. That's again, if you're confident in DJ LeMahieu's health, if you're confident in Anthony Rizzo's back, um, if you're confident in Harrison Bader actually returning uh, two or three weeks into the season, if the six week timetable is, is fully accurate. Um, so I think it's a little bit dicey, but um, either scenario here works for me. If IKF is here opening day and he's used properly, I think that's great. If he's traded and we figure out another plan of action, I'm also okay with that. Um, the Davey Garcia trade quickly is yeah. just because I don't, I can't tell if I'm buying the smoke or not. Um, yeah, this I mean, is tough. so far it's tough. So, so far, so good. From Davey Garcia, who was at the forefront of your mind writing about DFA candidates in January, because he was the worst minor league pitcher in baseball, the last two years, ERAs in the high sixes, his whip in 2021 was 1.88. So he comes into this spring and both of us are still like, I, I mean, 
I know there's that top prospect pedigree, but you have to do a lot of good to outweigh the, the really bad. And it's been several years down the road and you can't trade this person because who, who's going to take a flyer or surrender anything of value for someone with a six, eight, five ERA and triple a with all these walks, a two whip 1.88, two walks or hits for innings. That's basically that's awful. Uh, so he comes into this spring, the velocity's up. He's ticking at 96. He's de-emphasizing the curveball. The thing with Garcia is they said, like, he's like the one guy Matt Blake didn't help and actively hurt because they were saying they were trying to reshape his breaking yeah. balls and it just didn't work and it threw him off. And, and that's awful because he was very fun down the stretch in 2020. Still 23 years old, unorthodox body type. Seven and a third innings, seven Ks, 1.09 whip, 2.45 ERA in three games this spring. And... He got the piece written up on MLB.com, gassing him up this week. Oh, he looks totally different. What a new man. Davey Garcia, making a statement at spring training. And he's been sent to the minor league camp already. So the Yankees have the PR push going on Davey. He has been better in a small sample size, even though you can't really judge a pitcher by his spring training three-outing stretch. Ironically, we're about to talk about Luis Severino. But uh, it's impossible to know if Davey Garcia has turned it around they're selling him and they've already taken him out of major league competition. So you have fewer chances moving forward for him to blow that rising stock and do something that opens eyes in the wrong way. makes people go, Oh, it's the same old guy. We've seen this already. So I wonder if he makes it to opening day on the 40 man because they're gassing him up and taking him out of the spotlight. And talk about the PR push. Eric Boland of Newsday said that rival scouts, for whatever reason, rival scouts are still watching Davey Garcia. I don't know why. Um, maybe there's something that's happening behind the scenes that we don't know about, but he said rival scouts are saying that it's the best he has looked in two years. Um, and fairly surprisingly, they're like, wow, this is a complete turnaround um, based on 2021 and 2022. Uh, Davey talked to MLB, like you said, he, he made it known he's being a little bit more aggressive in his approach. Um, I think he's ditching his curveball, emphasizing a cutter, um, so that's, that's maybe played a role in, in changing his, his profile at this point. Um, and you look at the Yankees bullpen again, a lot of injuries. They're going to need people to eat up innings. They're going to need a spot starter because I don't know if we're going to be trusting, um, someone like Clark Schmidt to, um, be going every fifth time in the rotation. If it happened, if it has to be longer, depending on what's wrong with Carlos Rodon, um, and Garcia has performed in that role back in 2020, is it possible for him to get back to that? I, I really don't know. But if they're going to give him a chance and he's going to eat some innings and he's going to have the opportunity to compete at least for some sort of role, whether it's first guy out of the bullpen or just someone who's there to to eat innings when the opportunity arises, um, then he's done all he can this spring. He needed he needed a non-disastrous spring to rebuild his stock, and that's exactly what he's done. So um, we'll see what happens with him. I don't think he's getting traded. I don't know who's going to want him. I don't know on what planet the Yankees are going to feel like they're getting requisite value in return. Um, but yeah, I would look for him to be a member of the bullpen for sure at the very least. Yeah. I, it's March madness. I'm not sure if Garcia being good this spring is Princeton over Arizona or just Oral Roberts over Duke, but it's definitely a Cinderella story and, and a, a pretty big upset either way. Uh, let's move on to uh premier and, and prominent topics of discussion recently because Uh, Spring training records don't matter. Spring training performance does not really matter um, unless it's somebody at the edge of the roster who might steal a spot living up to their pedigree. You got Anthony Volpe making all sorts of noise. You got rookies proving they can hang with the big club. But pitchers who are established just have to get through spring training healthy, just have to get through spring training, just got to work on what they're working on. Maybe they're emphasizing a pitch they never throw. Garrett Cole looked pretty good all spring. He's throwing cutters the other day. That's just kind of how pitchers use spring. They want to get in shape. They want to get prepared for the regular season. That said, Luis Severino got yanked from his start against the Phillies yesterday. Couldn't get out of the first inning. They took him out immediately. What, what did we say? We talked about this with Rodon last week. It's like I wake up every day. I go, which Yankee pitcher will look horrible today? And when they do look horrible, I go, are they hurt? You got to tell me they're not hurt or I'm going to assume they're hurt. Severino appears to not be hurt. Came out for the second inning because that's the thing you can do in spring training. He pitched better in the second and third. But the first inning was like walk, walk, strikeout, single, single, boom, 30 pitches, get him out of there. And then the people who came in in relief of him were even worse. So all his runs scored. Uh, It's not the numbers that necessarily have me worried. 
uh, and it's it's not uh, you know it's not top of mind concern. I'm not saying Luis Severino is going to start the regular season looking hideous, and I'm also not saying that if he starts the regular season looking hideous, he's going to be bad all summer and into the fall. I just haven't seen the Luis Severino we saw in 2018 for like four years because he's either been absent or he's been slightly less dependable. And his last two spring trainings, uh, this one he's got in the area in the tens. Last one in 2022, three starts, 8.22. And he hasn't had a healthy spring between 2018 and 2022. Shoulder issue, Tommy John before his first start, and then obviously missed the next one in Tommy John rehab. Severino is laughing. The other day he said, quote, my slider sucks. And after yesterday's start, he said, I got like a 10 or a 15 ERA. I think that's not going to work in the regular season. So he's having fun. But two weeks till opening day, after four starts of the slider sucking, I would like to see the slider not suck once. And I'm, I'm, it's not anything. I'm not saying Severino can have a clunker every so often. He can, he can have a clunker in June or August. And it's not going to make me say he's done. It's not the guy we used to see. But he hasn't had that dominant season, dominant full season. He got forcibly placed on the 60-day IL last year. Since 2018, when the shoulder suddenly started barking midway through the campaign, uh, I, I would love for the slider to not suck. I agree. Um, it's frustrating. It's a lot of waiting. We've been we've been just waiting since 2018, and that's why this is that, that's why this is a little bit infuriating. And again, spring training doesn't matter. Shouldn't be buying or selling any sort of stock in spring training. Um, unless it's somebody who's largely unproven, who needs to make an impression, or it's a top prospect. Um, I mean, if, if it's Silicon Valley Bank, you should sell that. <laughs> but player-wise, player, maybe not. Player-wise, yeah, you keep you keep them, or you you see. Uh, look for Severino. It's a, the the other side of the coin on why it's frustrating is because he this is his first season, uh, essentially coming back from a decent workload in a regular campaign, which he had, again, hasn't had since 2018 until last year. Um, so we got the regular workload last year. You would think that he's able to take some of that momentum. He had a good year. He had a good year in those 19 starts. Uh, I know the 60 day IL um, stint pissed everybody off. Um, even though we supported it at first, because we would have rather the Yankees be cautious with him. Someone who's yeah. had a lengthy injury history, who withheld injury information from the Yankees that ended up costing him dearly. Um, either way, he had a good year. We were excited for what he could bring this season. And then you add Carlos Rodon into the mix. You thought you were adding a healthy Frankie Montas as the number five starter. And this was starting to look really cool. And now you have Montas probably out for most of the year. You have Rodon not ready, not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. You have Nestor Cortez dealing with a bum hamstring. And now you have Luis Severino with a 10.64 ERA and four starts. He can't locate. He's getting absolutely tattooed a 250 batting average against um, a 1.45 whip. Uh, five home runs to me in those 11 innings is, is beyond concerning. Um, for again, for a guy who needs to display consistency, um, who needs to hone his stuff because again, the clock is ticking. This is the last year of his contract. They picked up the option. Um, you don't want the Yankees regretting picking up what is an option that was probably smart to pick up $15 million for a pitcher that has number two potential. Um, I think nine times out of 10, you're scooping that. Um, we speculated for a second why the Yankees at that point in the offseason might not have because of the deteriorate relationship with Severino. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be completely um, deflated based on what I'm seeing. It's just it's uh, it's kind of just more of the same with him. There's either performance issues, there's health issues, there's communication issues, and there's always something. Yesterday he gets fucking belted with a line drive in the leg. It's like when is this going to stop? Hmm. Every single year, every single month, there is something, and it's and you just want to get beyond it. You want to see a healthy season. You want to see a guy who has this top line rotation potential actually deliver. Um, and there's all these bumps in the roads, the, the, all these bumps in the road that tell you that I don't know if we're going to get it. I don't know if that's going to be the reality. There's never any sort of consistency with him on that front. So I think that's where the frustration is stemming from mostly. But then again, guys, it's spring training. Um, if he's if he's bad for the first six weeks of the season, I think that's when we can start having a legitimate conversation. But right now, um, I think we could talk about the narrative where it's tough for him to get on track and finally put everything together as the prevailing one, as opposed to is Luis Severino actually not ready for opening day? I think he, he will be. 
In conclusion, would you say something or nothing? Gun to your head, feet to the fire. Um, nothing. I ninety-seven, ninety-eight on the gun. I, yeah. I, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that you need from the takeaway here. I think that's important too. And, and like the typical, uh, you know, tortured Yankee fan mindset, what's the first thing I check when I hear he left the game early and he had no command? Uh, I checked the velocity, so I, I see ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Um, I'm concerned about the slider, though. A lot of people throw yeah. 97, 98. Um, I, I'm not concerned about his health at this moment in time. Uh, if I were to have power ranked who's most likely to get injured in this rotation a couple weeks ago, I would probably put Severino second behind Frankie Motas. And I would have been wrong, I guess, because we lost Rodon first. Um, I'm not throwing in the towel on Rodon. I'm not throwing in the towel on Severino either. Uh, we'll have to see more about that. But if you're a gambling man, and this has changed your calculus perspective on Yankees over-under, Yankees futures, Yankees win total, why don't you head over to DraftKings in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. If you're a fan of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, we got something for you. We specifically have something that helps you help us. You download the app, go to DraftKings.com, help out with this promo. You're specifically helping the Yanks Go Yard podcast survive and thrive. This is being trapped. We are dying on the table out here without your support. So please come and help us. And what the promo we have for you is... A bet $5 on any sport get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. As long as you use the code YanksGoYard. That's no spaces. You know how a code works. I hope YanksGoYard is your code. $5 bet on any sport get $150 in bonus bets if your bet happens to win. Minimum $5 deposit wager required. New customers only 21 plus present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Gambling problem? Well, depends on what state you're in. New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In New Jersey, call text 1-800-GAMBLER and in Connecticut, 877-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh... Other players were slightly concerned about. Slightly. slightly. Maybe. I'm, I'm not overly concerned. I'm hearing from the man himself. And he's saying I'm good. And, and I, I think he's good. Um, Jose Trevino behind the plate. Um, he believes he'll be ready for opening day. They hit us with another post-game injury announcement. He's got wrist inflammation. A little minor sprain of the wrist. Um, cool. He can't swing a bat for a few days. The goal is to get him back in games by the weekend. I, I don't really need him to get back in games by the weekend. I just need him to be healthy for opening day. He's not a pitcher who has to build back up. I've already seen him this spring. He's already been here. He hit a grand slam at a clutch hit the other day against the Red Sox. He's also a defense first catcher. So we can't have him compromised at all by the time the games roll around. I don't really need to reassuringly see Jose Trevino suit up this weekend. I just need him to play on opening day because I cannot live out the world where Kyle Higashioka is backed up by Nick Chufo or Isaiah Kiner-Falefa or Carlos Narvaez straight from high A or Gary Sanchez or Robinson Chirinos, who are both available on the free agent market. I would honestly rather pull a Miguel Vargas with Jose Trevino, the Dodgers prospect who fractured his pinky this year, was learning second base. They said, go out there, play defense, don't swing at all. And he didn't, and he walked four times. He had more walks than J.D. Martinez. I would rather start him for defense only on opening day than take the L than I would sign one of these catchers or use a 40-man spot on a defense first dude from AAA. Hopefully it's minor. Um, but in terms of building back up for opening day, I think a lot of people forget Nestor Cortez has not made a spring start yet. Um, it's hard to forget. We love Nestor, but he's not making his spring debut until March 19th. He's on track. Probably going to have a short first start, maybe a short second start in the regular season. 
the pitchers are the ones who need to get built up, which is why Ron Marinaccio, when he wasn't coming in, was concerning. Now he's back. We're hopefully about to get the Nestor train rolling. That's great. Trevino, I don't need to see any more spring training reps. Put him in bubble wrap and get him in the season. Yeah, uh, I I was concerned about this when Aaron Boone said the word injection, um, that he might need an injection. I don't know um, exactly what that would entail. Um, we weren't given too many details on it. but you know, who got Last it? year when they gave uh, Rizzo an injection, that's when he ended up bedridden yeah. for a week. So who knows? <laughs> Rizzo was, uh, yeah, Rizzo got an injection that a, that a pregnant woman in labor gets. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, guess who else got an injection whose season was completely derailed? DJ LeMahieu. Uh, one thing that we didn't know about leading up to the All-Star break, um, he got that treatment when um, everybody was in L.A. for the festivities, um, and he was never the same after that. Um, obviously, I think that him playing on the injured foot um, affected that, and then the injection at that point was too late. Um, but you never want – you never want to have to go the injection route. It's not a good sign. It means it, it, it's, it just is a, it portends bad things. Um, so what I would like for, you know what? I think that this can actually work in the Yankees favor. You want to know why? I think you, if you have to put Trevino on the IL, you do that. Higashioka is the starter. Um, and I think that he's got to prove a little bit on the offensive end. Um, if he's getting consistent uh, reps, in the batter's box to start the season and he's not delivering. Um, I think that that should inch the Yankees toward addressing the catcher situation more seriously. Um, because if you're looking at a potentially injured Trevino and then you're looking at um, Higashioka, whose power is not translating or he's hitting well, well below average instead of just, you know, slightly below average, which is where you kind of need him. Um, then we can start getting to those fun conversations about Travis Darno, or um, there was somebody else out there. I forgot who uh, we talked about or who I talked about in one of the articles. I don't remember what I write about anymore. Uh, either way, I'll pull it up. Yeah, there was uh, either way. There were two guys that were two guys who you could call uh, who could be available if you call up the teams and, and make the right pitches. Um, oh, it was um, what's his name on the Rangers? Uh, Sam Huff. Um, mm-hmm who was tearing it up in AAA, came up to the bigs, had a really good short in 2020. I think he played like 20 games. Um, and then the Rangers had collected a catching log jam that allowed them to trade Trevino to the Yankees last offseason. That ended up working out. Now maybe it's another situation because they have Jonah Heim, they have Mitch Garver, um, and then there's they have another uh, either catcher or catching prospect coming up. So they, they don't necessarily have – um, the room for Sam Huff and, and why stash him at AAA if he's dominating, maybe get some value for him. So um, I think that this is good. It's, it, it, if you're going to have a bad situation with Trevino on the IL, at least turn it into something good with Higashioka and see what he could do. And if he's not performing, then you can move on. It'd be nice to flip it because last year Higashioka had the spring of the all time yep. spring. And yep. then this year he's done basically nothing. Hasn't appeared caught like an inning in team USA's game the other day. They're moving on. He's still at the World Baseball Classic. He's got to go to the quarterfinals. Uh, That would be nice. I would like to see some alternatives. Uh, One more player who should not get lost in the shuffle, Andre Shaparo, who fans, if you're watching the game, you know how good this kid is. Uh, Sort of a tweener. Uh, The Yankees might have lost him in the rule time draft this year. They didn't. Instead, they lost the reliever, Zach Green, who ended up being returned by the New York Mets this week. So that's sick. We have him back. We didn't lose anybody at the major league level. Uh, Steven Riding still on the Mets. Zach Green now on the Yankees. Chaparro, nobody took him. Nobody seems to know what to do with him. Interesting prospect. Strange. Not necessarily a top 30 guy because people can't figure out what to do with his body type and his bat first potential. Uh, but Keith Law, the prospect expert a couple weeks ago, said he's he's got to lose like 50 pounds. That makes it seem like he's like 5'8", 250 or, or like six foot two seventy. He's he's 23 years old and he's six foot 200 pounds. So it's not like a body type we've never seen in Major League Baseball before. Uh, He's not defense first. He's a big bat. Maybe someday he's a DH. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is the exit velocities in the minor leagues have been pretty much without parallel. You look at the leaderboard for, you know, whichever leagues have stat cast, he's basically like the only guy doing. He hit 117 peak last year. That's like Stanton judge territory. And so far in spring training, 23 years old, all he's done is hit nine hits and 27 ABs, four bombs, 11 ribs. 1197 OPS 333 average the other day he tapped two day three run home run in a game that nobody could see the non-televised game where Donaldson Homer and LeMahieu Homer Chaparro hit another blast 
And in that game, he didn't even start. He came off the bench and in his first A.B. hit a bomb immediately. So my argument for Chaparro is he's, he's not making the opening day roster. He's not going to come up. Maybe he is a midseason replacement where we're talking about Dominguez getting called up late in the year. Maybe he's a talent infusion. You got to clear a 40-man spot for him. But there's room on every team for a guy on the roster who comes up and just bashes. That's a, a pinch-hitting guy who you need an extra bat in the, in the seventh. You want to pinch hit for uh, your backup catcher? Like, is Higgy in there? Then maybe we bring in Andre Chaparro and he just runs into one at 150-mile exit velocity and peppers the porch. Um, I'm not ready for a world where that kind of guy is not valuable. Like Matt Stairs has won a World Series with the Phillies before. Like, I want Andre Chaparro to be my Matt Stairs. Somebody, Empire New York Sports Media, put an article out today that was like, the Yankees may have found their long-term first baseman. I don't know about that. He plays third base in the minors, and he doesn't really have the requisite. Deal. Going from Rizzo to Chaparro, he, he's got to step that up. And I think Munitaka Murakami, uh, who posts from Japan at around the same time Rizzo's contract expires, should probably be their first baseman of the future. Maybe even Aaron Judge. But Chaparro's bat, there has to be room for it. And a lot of Volpe love, a lot of Dominguez love, and rightfully so, Chaparro has been unreal. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, two scenarios for me here. Um, he's built his trade value up. I don't know why another team wouldn't be interested. Obviously the Yankees have to be realistic in what they might get in return for him. We know how stubborn Brian Cashman is on the trade market, but um, look, he had 64 games at double a last year, hit 19 bombs. He's already got four bombs in spring training this year in 27 at bats. Um, I, I don't think that the, the, the power is undeniable at this point. Um, so you have that going for you. Increased trade value. Do you need another bullpen arm? We're talking about that catcher. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what you're looking for, but you have an asset here that is a little bit redundant based on what the Yankees have, and you could stand to capitalize it on it. Second is Chaparro starts the year, double A gets to triple A really quickly. The Yankees roster and you know overall infield picture starts to materialize. And let's say this, um, Josh Donaldson is sucking beyond belief. The Yankees decide to move him to the bench. Uh, DJ LeMay, who takes over at third, uh, on a more full-time basis, and then you're in a situation where you kind of need a backup first baseman. DJ LeMahieu would typically provide that relief. I don't know what the Yankees situation would be with Donaldson at this point if we're looking at something as bad or worse than last year. Um, Chaparro comes up midseason, backs up Rizzo, gets some at-bats here and there. You see what you got in them. Um, then maybe it gives you the the, the ability to make a drastic move. Maybe at that point you part with Donaldson. Again, this is not happening. This is, this is my dream scenario. Um, but maybe you part with Donaldson, you have DJ going at third base for most of the time. And then you have the, the middle infield of, you know, Peraza Torres um, and Volpe um, and obviously Oswaldo Cabrera, however it fits. And then you have a more stable first base situation in the event Rizzo's back starts to bother him. Chaparro can step in there. You can have some stability at third by keeping DJ there. Um, I don't know. I'm just coming up with an alternate scenario because you never know what can happen. And fans, I think at this point, are not ready to give Donaldson a long leash. Um, they're not really optimistic on the injury front. Um, so that I think two things right there. I think whatever Chaparro is doing right now, he's helping himself in a big way. Um, and it's going to help the Yankees in some capacity over the next few months. But Thomas, Josh Donaldson promised to retire if he didn't think he could hit this year. Why, why would he say that and come back and play if he wasn't about to have a great year? Well, I don't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, when you're guaranteed $27 million, I think that that's probably why. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how money affects things. But You think I, I would have retired if I didn't think I could still hit and wasn't owed $27 million. Of course, I, I'm a man of too much pride. I would have gotten the heck out of here, packed up my truck. If I could still dominate in this league, it wasn't a $27 million. <laughs> they left that out of the article. Of course. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be on a short leash. And um, if he's not also, I think another thing to remember about Donaldson is um, if he's not bringing the tenacity, what's the point? Um, if he's not bringing that edge that gets under people's skin and he's performing that badly offensively, um, DJ can play on the defense on par with him at third. I think, you know, if we're being honest, um, if DJ gets consistent reps there. So um, it may be, maybe Donaldson does retire if he has a really collects uh, half the paycheck and then calls it quits in July. He uh, And then he can ride off in the sunset with, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he would do. What are his interests? Like, where would he go with the $14 million, $13 million after that? What employable skills does he have that are non-baseball related? Like, does anybody just need a, an absolute 
jackass bowling alley manager. Like, I feel what, like what he is- could be a wrestling heel for sure, like in NXT or something. Yeah. Um, he'll come out like he reminds me of uh, of um, of a more like meathead Chris Jericho or something. I think that might be his calling. Meanwhile, he retires and he's like, I think I'm going to study literature at Barnard. And we're like, oh, oops, sorry. <laughs> Underestimated you. My bad. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about Josh Donaldson. There was a really funny interview yesterday that went up on John Heyman and, and uh, Joel Sherman's podcast where they were basically like talking to the twins, president of baseball ops. And it's so annoying to not be able to write GM anymore that the, the person who does the GM work is the president of baseball operations. Yeah, Every time I'm like, Twins GM Derek Fowdy, no, wait, actually, he's the president of baseball operations, and the GM is some powerless nerd. That said, <laughs> uh, there was an interview with him where they were basically talking about the Donaldson trade. He was like, yeah, I mean, Josh gave us a lot. I'm not going to – like, you look at his production. We didn't want to get rid of him in Minnesota, but you look at the long-term implications of the dollar figures, and we, we expect him to bounce back in New York. That's the player he is, and he brought us that tenacity and edge, and – Joel Sherman is like, when people say tenacity and edge, they really usually mean something else. And it's like, yeah, Josh Donaldson's an asshole. Like, (laughs) you wanted an asshole, and and the Yankees wanted one, but they wanted one with an effective bat. They didn't get one. They got one without the offensive profile. Um, Before we go, very sad update uh, for everybody who, uh, you know, thinks that uh, wants to live the life of a Major League Baseball player, wants to live in the lap of luxury. Sports Illustrated expose yesterday. Um, really sort of devastating, opened a lot of eyes, certainly opened my eyes and made me think about my charitable donations, maybe reassigning some of the dollars to the New York Yankees. Because it turns out Hal Steinbrenner's Yankees are basically the only team that does not provide free Wi-Fi on planes. If you're lucky enough to have T-Mobile, you get it, because the Yankees are flying Delta. So Aaron Judge, T-Mobile, free for him. Uh, You got to make it free for Judge. That probably is actually in his contract. Michael King is on a family plan. So he right. and his sister have T-Mobile Wi-Fi because his parents still pay for it. Got to be cool. Um, but most Yankees have to pay for in-flight Wi-Fi. Uh, Lou Trevino said that even the A's don't do this. Uh, Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins laughed when asked and said that once he thought he had to pay for it, but the Marlins reimbursed him. The Marlins reimbursed him. Wow. And the New York Yankees are forcing their players to pay for in-flight Wi-Fi. Brett Gardner made fun of Garrett Cole said it's his fault. They're paying you too much, so they can't pay for the Wi-Fi. And you know what? That's probably true. It's $7 a person per flight. It's also $40,000 for an annual subscription. Uh, $40,000 for an annual subscription. So if I want, like, I could fund the Yankees team playing, having Wi-Fi for the whole year. I don't want to do that. No. And I guess the players could be expected to pay their own costs, but what other costs are being cut here? And if the A's are giving their players a luxury that the Yankees are not. It's actually not that funny. It's like something that probably has to be re-examined. That's sad. But but don't forget, the A's don't cover soda, as we remember in Moneyball. Um, yeah. I'm sure the Yankees... Justice, not getting that fifty reimbursement check in expensive plan. I think the Yankees get free fountain cola when at home games. I don't know about road games, but at home games, I think they're allowed to just go up to the concession stands and fill up their cups. Um, yeah. This is akin to like us being in second grade and um, our parents making us pay for school lunch or something like that. Yeah. Take it out of your piggy bank. You know, you want the chicken nuggets? Be my guest. 50 cents for a bag of chips. Yeah. That's coming out of your paycheck. That ain't, that ain't coming out of mine. Uh, my new cost. Um, and it's crazy because the amount you have to realize here, like, yeah, we like to make fun of the Yankees for being cheap. They cut the announcers in spring training this year. We thought was ridiculous. Um, they restricted um, John Sterling and uh, Susan Waldman's travel over the last couple of years. Um, so, Susan. <laughs> some of that was obviously up to him, but then, you know, they took advantage of it and they tried their best to cut costs at, at every corner with the, the, it seemed like the most meaningless endeavors to do so. Um, and this team is on the road for 81 games. They're flying across the country. They are needing to keep in touch with family members. I'm sure that they have, I'm sure, you know, someone like Judge, who has other business ventures as an investor, um, may need to address things while he's in the air on a cross-country flight. Who knows? Like, you don't know what goes on in these people's lives. And the fact that they have to go through an extra hoop to pay $9 for Wi-Fi. And every fucking time you try to sign up for those things, it doesn't work. You know how many times I've done it on, like, a JetBlue flight, and then it tells me I paid for it, and then the internet doesn't work, and then i got to complain and get my money back? Um, Imagine going through that as an athlete who – 
is a, is atop the world and in the spotlight constantly. You can't, your life can't be convenient to the point where you're just getting Wi-Fi at your fingertips on an airplane. It should just be a lot easier. This is this is this is embarrassing. That's, that's one the of the most embarrassing experiences of my life was last summer. I was flying overnight to L.A. and I was on a JetBlue flight and I tried to <laughs> sign up for JetBlue and flight Internet and it didn't work for whatever reason. It was like, you know, I, I literally don't know and I'll never know. It was like uh, my true blue number. I wasn't logged in. Who cares? Um, and it was like I was signing up for it. And it wasn't going through. And I called the, the the flight attendant over and she was like, oh, that's weird. Did you try this? I was like, I did. She's like, did you try this? Oh, man, like that should be working. She goes, you know what? And it's like 10 p.m. at night. Everybody's sleeping. She's like, you know what? I haven't heard this complaint from anybody else. But if I get three more complaints, I could go up and down the plane. And if I get three more complaints, then I will shut the Wi-Fi lever off in the front, turn it back on if that's okay. I just need three more people to tell me it happened. I'm looking at a plane full of sleeping people. And I'm like, she really thinks I'm going to be like, yeah, you should wake them up. I need Wi-Fi. Like, go go tap them. Go figure out if they're like, yeah, tell someone to sign up. Like, wake them up. Tell them to sign up. <laughs> And then figure out if it's working or not because I need my score updates. Uh, it's very embarrassing. And and again, that thing when you sign up for you're in an airport, automatically your phone is like, "Are you trying to join a Boingo hotspot?" I'm like, "I absolutely am not. I want to use my typical cell phone coverage as long as I can. I want to download this podcast." And then you walk past the Starbucks and it's like, "Whoa, did you want to join the horrible Starbucks Wi-Fi that auto joins you but doesn't give you a pop up to tell you how to log in?" No, I don't want to do that either. I just want to use my five G until I am in the air, uh, failing to pay for additional Wi-Fi. So uh, I, I feel I feel bad for the Yankees who've been subjected to this. I really do, because I, I don't enjoy it, and I'm just a lay person. Shout out to Michael King and his musical sister, Olivia, who apparently have the hookup with the family plan. It's also funny to think of Jazz just submitting a receipt back to the Marlins for like $9. For, for 10 bucks. Like, like what? That's the process that you're going to have, again, a professional. These are prof these are professionals atop of what they do. It doesn't get any higher than this. This guy has to track down the receipt, which is digital, and then make a copy of it and then send it to who? Who's he sending it to? It's just absolutely. It's absolutely crazy to think that that's the that's like something we need to do as podcasters. With and you know that the Marlins are not giving him the ten bucks back without the receipt. Like, Ooh, I'm so sorry, Jazz. Like, I'm not seeing it. You Are have you to sure you were traveling on these dates? <laughs> you wrote attached to the email, but I'm not seeing an attachment. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it, did you forget? Because did you forget the policy, though? Because, like, it's a very specific policy. Yeah. Uh, shout out to New York Yankees uh, who, who don't do any of that, who don't fuck with any of that reimbursement. Jazz Chisholm gets straight to the Yankees. He's like, sorry, I accidentally paid for Wi-Fi. I think, I think you did something absolutely insane where you charged me for in-flight Wi-Fi. And then they're like, no, that was on purpose. You have to pay for that. Or players uh, exercising their no trade clauses because they can't believe they have to pay for Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's somebody was there's everybody was talking about Edwin Diaz and the WBC. And they were like, if the Mets said no WBC, they lose free agents. I don't know. I think they might lose free agents. People Maybe. like the WBC. Uh, but if the Yankees said, uh, yeah, sorry, I, I don't know if they told Carlos Renan, like, hey, no Wi-Fi. He might have uh, might have picked San Francisco. I don't know. Maybe There's also a spin zone. Somebody tweeted, like, hey, without Wi-Fi, like, it's actually a good thing. They can't read the criticism on Twitter. And, like, <laughs> sure. It's reach of all time. It's like everybody gets Wi-Fi except Labor Torres. We'll see if that works. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, just, yeah, this gives them an opportunity to not Google their name while they're 30,000 feet in the air. Like, thank God. Yeah. Aaron Judge can't Google Aaron Judge net worth for 25 minutes. Uh, he'll he'll get it when he lands. We'll figure that out. Uh, that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. As Furman tries to win it with a buzzer beater, it's good. They win? They're up with 2.2 seconds left. They picked off a half-court pass from Virginia. How dumb can you get? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Well, Man. enjoy March Madness. Please log off the Yanks Go Yard podcast stream. But we thank you for sticking with us for so long. Virginia was up four with like 12 seconds left. And they threw a half-court pass and got intercepted. So, you know. Well, there you go. Furman up 68-67. A wide-open three, too. I don't know. what Kihei Clark, the last play of his college career, just whipped it to a Furman guy standing at half-court. That is horrific. Uh, he's known for the most famous pass in UVA history. Now, maybe the second most, and it's bad. Um <laughs> We are live on YouTube throughout March Madness uh, and throughout the regular season and off season. 
Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. You can also find us on all podcast platforms, the audio feed. We would love you to subscribe to us on YouTube, subscribe to us there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, we will be there. And again, that special DraftKings promo, we highly recommend it. The code YanksGoYard. Uh, use it to bet $5 on any sport. Get $150 on bonus bets if your bet wins. See full terms at DraftKings. Uh, and, oh, man, I, I left the uh, – I got to reload the thing. I, I'll let me do the fast voice challenge again. Minimum $5 deposit, wager required. New customers only 21 plus present in New York and Jersey. Connecticut gambling promo call 8778 hope Text Hope-NY 467369 in New York. Call text 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. And 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Full terms, DraftKings.com are in the description below. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, if you're having any Yankees-related problems, head, out, head on over to the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll try to respond and address everything coming into our notifications and our DMs. Uh, go on over. Do us a favor. Uh, to yanksyoyard.com. Uh, we got plenty of content there for you. You'll find our bylines there. Um, we're two weeks away from opening day. So here we go. This is where this is where dreams are made. Um, until then, everyone, have a great weekend. Enjoy March Madness. We'll talk to you again on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live right here. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.